Good morning. I'm really excited to close out Missions Month here at Cornerstone Church. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to share with you this morning. Originally, in the, uh, the way that we were supposed to preach, uh, I was supposed to go first, and uh, uh, Becky uh, went into labor with uh, our son Ethan that week, and so Paul was gracious to, to switch around um, so that uh, I was able to end uh, our time together. But I kind of realized why he wanted to go last. Um, this morning as I came in, you sort of smelled that chili. And I was like, man, you can do no wrong because there's chili afterwards. And I figured that that's why Pastor Paul wanted to end. So sorry for taking that away from you. Um, we're going to be in the book of Romans this morning. So if you want to take your Bible, you can turn to Romans chapter 5. A few different times that I've been up here, uh, I've kind of told our story a little bit, um, kind of glossed over uh, a, a bulk of it, um, which was our time overseas as missionaries uh, with an organization called Cadence International. So today what I want to do is, is share a little bit uh, with you about that time. Uh, we actually started with our mission in 2008. Um, so I started full-time ministry as a youth worker in 2004 at a church on the south side of Chicago and had almost four years of uh, just really great ministry, and, and God did a lot in my life uh, shaping me uh, as, a, as a youth worker. And we started raising support uh, in 2008, and I saw a video that I want to show you uh, sometime around that time, and I was like, wow, this is really, really good for, for just considering missions and thinking about what it means uh, to live a missional lifestyle and to be missions-orientated. And um, so if, if you can hit the lights and show this video, I think it would be a, a good way to start our time together. So check this video out. You belong to God. He made you. You exist for Him. The unwasted life is the life that puts Christ on display as supremely valued. A God-centered theology has to be a missionary theology. There are only three kinds of Christians when it comes to missions. Zealous goers, zealous senders, and disobedient. The reason we go is because we have the absolute confidence that the one in whose name we go has all authority, therefore nothing can stop him. The need of the nations who do not know the name of Jesus is an immeasurable need. It's an infinite need. 2.6 billion people live in unreached people groups. seems to be welcomed into the very fabric of our consumer culture that we move toward comfort, toward security, toward ease, toward safety, away from stress, away from trouble, away from danger, and it ought to be exactly the opposite. So when I first saw that video, I thought that was some really harsh honesty uh, that there's three kinds of Christians when it comes to missions. Um, 
And in case you haven't received any grace this week or this month or the start of this year, um, if, if you've just been under the thumb of your boss or uh, your teacher's not giving you any grace or maybe you're the teacher whose students just can't focus and they're wiggling out trying to get out of assignment um, or you just had that other medical test that you didn't want to take and you're waiting for those results or, or just life just never seems uh, like you can catch a break, I want to extend you a little bit of grace this morning and say that I do not believe that any of you or Cornerstone Church is the third type of Christian when it comes to missions. I believe that as we've been here, I've heard stories of zealous goers and zealous senders, so I don't believe that you're in that third category at all uh, when it comes Missions. So please receive that grace. If you haven't received anything all year, take that um, and, and run with it. Um, this month in student ministry, we've been actually been going through the book of James. And the first lesson was about building character through trials. And uh, one of the verses that was cross-referenced is the one we're going to look at this morning, which is Romans 5, 1 through 11. And uh, about three years into our ministry overseas, I started uh, getting discipled by um, a godly man. He was retired Air Force um, and became a contractor in Stuttgart, Germany, where we were at. And we started meeting together once a week and praying for each other and uh, reading scripture. And he had some really tough questions for me and wanted uh, to make sure that I was building godly character. And uh, one of the things he gave me was... Uh, he wanted me to have a verse of the year that I was just focusing on and memorizing and just set, being saturated in God's word. Um, and as I thought about all the areas that I wanted to grow in my walk with Christ, um, and I read Romans 5, 1 through 11, I was like, there's so much in here, and these are ways that I want to grow. So I took that verse on as my verse of the year. Um, so it was a great reminder when I taught that lesson a few weeks ago to the students, um, and just as I saw it kind of fall into place for finishing our time uh, for Missions Month here. So the way that I, that I want this to go is, um, and hopefully you'll receive it well, is that uh, I want to read through uh, a couple verses at a time. Uh, and I'll give you some thoughts that I have just on those verses. And then I want to relate that to our experience uh, being missionaries and also relate it uh, to the context in which we were serving. And we were serving with uh, military chaplains, um, and we were basically their youth worker for, for their religious program um, for, for the high school and middle school students. Um, and that was a, a, a big part of what we did. And um, God obviously brought in other opportunities uh, with single soldiers that wanted to volunteer or families that were really struggling, uh, figuring out how to connect um, after deployments and things like that. And so uh, we got tons of opportunities to, to share Jesus and be the gospel um, to military kids that are, that are stationed with their families overseas. So let's dive in and take a look at Romans chapter 5. And we'll start at verses 1 and 2. They say this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This should be our identity where we are so secure and growing in our faith that there would be nothing in the way of serving 
sharing or having this missional mindset and lifestyle. The other thing I, I thought was really great about this opening uh, verses in, in chapter 5 here is that Paul, the writer, is using matter-of-fact statements, right? So if you look at it, he says, We have been justified. We have obtained access by faith into his grace, right? And, and you kind of hear the language changing a little bit um, in some Christian circles where faith becomes you know, sort of this idea of uh, dis- discovery or a process. And I think that, that we can explore some of the mysteries of faith in that way. Um, but there are some things that are just matter of fact, and Paul lays them out right here. We have this. Okay, he doesn't say, well, you know, you'll discover it one day, each day at a time, we're growing one step at a time. Some of those things might be true, but scripture also tells us we have been justified by faith. We have access by faith into his grace in which we stand. Amen. And this is the truth uh, that Becky and I knew when we first started to want um, thinking about ministry and thinking about mission, uh, being a missionary. We started our missionary journey in this faith, in this hope, in this grace in which we stand. Our, our call to ministry and my call to missions, I think, started in high school. I went on a, on a missions trip to North Dakota uh, with, with my high school uh, ministry. Our youth pastor took us to an Indian reservation there, and it was really humbling to work for people that had little hope and to bring some joy into their lives. In 2004, when I was a senior at Moody Bible Institute, um, I went to Germany for the first time on a two-week trip during spring break to kind of check it out and, and see the ministry. And we went to different ministry locations on different military bases and got to interact with military kids, and I loved it. And that summer for our internship that was required for school, I went back uh, for the entire summer, um, and did an internship. So after working on the south side of Chicago for almost four years, uh, like I said, uh, in 2008, Becky and I joined Cadence and started raising support to be full-time missionaries. And when we thought about going, and we thought about training the next generation and reaching out to the next generation, we wanted that mindset, uh, those things that we had been justified, um, obtained access to God. Um, we wanted that to be the heartbeat of students that we trained. And so uh, we had, uh, our second year, we started a high school leadership team. Uh, we actually called it doulos, which in Greek means servant. And we started this, and we asked students to be open to learn. Um, and they had just a hunger for God's Word. They wanted to learn. They wanted to serve. I have a picture of the group um, up here. Hopefully it'll come up. And uh, this group was uh, just really sensitive to God's spirit, and uh, I'll get out of the way here so you can see. Um, and they did just some amazing things in the in the military community among their peers. Um, they started Bible studies in their school. Uh, they started reaching out to to their classmates. They started uh, ministries uh, within ours where where it was outreach and and doing different stuff with skits and creative ministries. Um, they started. Um, a school group uh, within their school that that uh, was part of clean water initiatives, raising money for for clean water um, in parts of the world where there isn't any. Um, and this was uh, just a great time 
uh, for, for us to experience uh, what we experienced and giving that to students um, and watching them go and serve. Uh, it also happened in our middle school. That was our high school group. Um, and I want to show you a couple pictures of, of two of our guys that were in our middle school group. On the right is Jack and, and the left is Jacob. And Jack was like the cool middle school guy. Um, so if you remember being in middle school and you're like, that was the guy that I wanted to be. Jack was that kid. Uh, he played guitar for our middle school worship band. And so like all of his groupies would like be up front, like right in his face while he was like trying to play and, and lead worship at middle school. It was really cool to see, uh, just them interact, uh, in that way in their faith. And, and, and Jack had this kind of following of, of, of guys that, that, that were just all the cool kids in school. And when we went on a weekend camp, we talked about what it would look like to reach out to, to kids. Um, who, who might not be popular, who don't know. And Jack's like, well, we're the cool kids, right? And I'm kind of sitting there laughing like, you guys actually are the cool kids. Um, and, and they're like, yeah, we're all the cool kids. And Jack's like, well, if we go sit and hang out with the kids that aren't cool, then they just become cool with us because they just kind of get absorbed into our group. And they become the cool kid, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. They're like, that's what we're going to do. Monday morning, we're going to go and we're going to find that kid who's not cool and make him cool. And I was like, this is really awesome that God would give them um, that security in their faith to want to reach out to their their friends um, and share their faith and be Jesus to their peers. So those are a couple stories of just how we um, have felt uh, those those first verses of, of our security of faith, that our attitude and our identity needs to be that, and passing it on to the people that we minister to. Let's take a look at uh, verses, the next verses, uh, starting in verse 3. It says this, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. And character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's a strange comfort, I think, that we can rejoice in our sufferings, isn't it? And if anyone is trying to figure out the difference between those who follow Jesus and, and those who don't believe, I would point them to suffering. In suffering, we as believers and followers of Jesus, we seek out meaning, right? We try to have the same attitude that Paul, the apostle, described, which is that the participation of his sufferings, of suffering, makes us more like Christ in his death and somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Those who don't believe can easily turn to substances or behaviors that just mask or dull the suffering. Or perhaps they just try to find the easiest way out and just start over with their entire life and just say, man, this suffering is just too much. But we as Christians, that's not for us. Our suffering produces endurance. That endurance produces character, and that character produces hope, right? I'll tell you that being a missionary is the hardest thing that I've ever done. There's a lot that goes into it. 
Uh, and I'll share with you a little bit. And I kind of heard it on the on the video of the Smiths last uh, last week when they shared their update. I was like, man, this is so uh, just in tune with what every missionary goes through. Missionaries often live in about three different worlds, sometimes more. Um, there's the world back home of friends and family that that you left behind. Um, just things that are familiar and things that, that you love and want to be a part of. Um, and you miss those things and you want to stay in that world so you keep communicating um, and you keep wanting to be a part of that and you Skype and you write letters home and you make as best connection as you can. The other world is the world in which you do your ministry in. And for us, that was a military context. Um, and we actually probably added a couple more because we were overseas with American military people. So we had the military world that we lived in and then also the German world that we lived in. Um, and then the, the, typically the third one would be the actual missions agency or the denomination that the missionary is with. There's a whole set of procedures and language and meetings and evaluations and leadership and, and all of those things uh, that go with being a missionary. So there's a lot that goes into uh, living in three different worlds and having to figure out like, okay, this is this day, this is this day, and, and kind of keep going through that. Um, because we were ministering to military uh, community overseas, we actually uh, weren't able to live on the military base. Uh, so we lived in a German village. Um, our landlord was German. Um, some of our shopping was done in German stores. Um, Elijah was born in a German hospital. Um, you can ask Becky how crazy that was <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but but one of the pieces where, where I really see um, that suffering and challenge took place for us was adapting to some of the cultural things. And I want to tell you just a real quick story. Um, hopefully you'll find it pretty funny. Our first winter in Germany, the air just got so dry. And uh, we were stuffed up and our sinuses were gone. Like we could barely talk and breathe. And we're like, we just need to go get a humidifier and feel better. And, and, and we'll just go and do that. Um, and what you don't know about uh, going to a foreign culture and living there is that a simple task like going and getting a humidifier takes all day. And I still haven't figured out why. But um, So by the second store, German store that we've gone to, trying to find someone who speaks English, we actually walked down every single aisle and looked at every single product because we're like, maybe we're just missing the humidifiers. They're like tucked away in a corner somewhere or labeled different. And we got like our Google Translate phones out trying to like figure out the word for humidifier. And Becky, at one point, after like four hours of shopping and walking and trying to communicate, she's like, we could have just gone to a Walgreens or a Walmart and walked in and with $20 gotten a humidifier. Why is this so hard? Finally, we walked in uh, to this store in Germany called Media Markt, and it's like this German appliance and electronics store, and I'm like, we're just going to be bold, and we're going to go ask for a Luftbefeuchter. That's what humidifier is in German, okay, uh, Luftbefeuchter, and so like I go like try to hunt down someone. I'm like, I'm just going to be bold and ask. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I know the word Luftbefeuchter because I learned it on Google Translate. And, like, I'm, like, going and hunting someone down, and Becky's just, like, stopping, standing. And I'm like, what is wrong? And her eyes are just fixed 
on this little black box that is producing steam right in front of us. And we're like, we have found the Luftbefeuchters here in Germany. It was so amazing to be able to take that home and get some air. We had success that day. Another one was uh, being in a military culture. There's some barriers uh, that you have to overcome as well. And if you've ever served in the military, you know that there's this whole other uh, dynamic that happens being in military. There's even a whole language uh, that goes along with it, acronyms and all kinds of things. Um, so you have to learn those things as well. And one of the things that um, that happens with military kids is they move a lot. Um, about every 18 months, uh, students are moving. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But uh, when we first got uh, to Germany, the very first time I got to teach it for students... Um, to military kids, I taught on dating. And this was my very first mistake, okay? Because if you're trying to build rapport with high school students, you do not, uh, do not teach a lesson on dating. Um, and I learned this very quickly. So as I'm like struggling, realizing that this is not a good start for me as a missionary, uh, here with these students, um, trying to get through God's design for dating, um, a student asked me what they thought, what I thought about long distance relationships. And uh, Becky and I had had been in one while we were dating because she did um, a year of uh, New Tribes Bible School in England, and we were dating at that time. And so I just went back to my experience, and I was like, "Well, it didn't it didn't go so great. It's kind of difficult, and long distance relationships only don't really don't succeed that often." And uh, well, I really stepped into it because the life of a military kid is pretty much dependent on. You know, it might not be romantic relationships, but friendships are, um, rely on long distances, keeping those intact because they move constantly and, and they want to keep friendships. And so I kind of had to go back and, and clarify my words and, and try to make amends in a lot of ways. Um, so even though I may have been valid and correct in thoughts and opinions about long distance relationships, I wasn't sensitive to the culture and life of military kids. So those were some of the challenges of, of just adapting to culture. Um, just personally for us as missionaries who go out, they, they experience those different worlds um, that they live in. Uh, another piece is um, just in, in, in leaving, there's a lot of trust that goes into um, going out and being a missionary, being a zealous goer, right? Um, we have to trust the Lord fully with, with friends and family. There's a lot of things we missed, um, when we were gone. We missed weddings and funerals and celebrations. Um, we, uh, just had to trust the Lord, uh, that, that what we were doing was the right thing. What He called us to do, um, um, was the right thing. Um, we have to trust the Lord with finances, which is a huge piece of being a missionary. And, uh, if you ever, if you support a missionary right now or, or you're going to support a missionary, you know, maybe one that works at the church right now that's going to be going, you never know. Um, I just want to give you this little piece of, of what it means for a missionary to have your support, okay? Um, and this is, might be good if you want to take some notes on this too. It'd be really great. Um, so if you are supporting a missionary, this is what it means for the missionary to have your faithful support. Um, it's a lifeline to where they are sent from. It's a collective voice speaking words of truth and love that we believe in you. 
that we believe in the call that God has put on your life to be that zealous goer. Uh, it keeps the focus on the call and ministry. Um, some missionaries have to stop their mission on the field altogether and try to raise more support. Um, and that's just tough when you feel called and, and when you're already there doing ministry. Um, but having faithful people that give um, just keeps the focus on the call. It's a promise given and a promise kept. It's the promise that you give to a missionary that you're going to work hard and they promise you that they won't stop working for what God has called them to do. Uh, it eliminates fear or worry um, because God is the one that owns all the money. So when missionaries have that support and they know that generous, uh, zealous senders um, are giving faithfully, just crushes any fear that maybe there won't be enough this month. That maybe I won't be able to do that outreach that I wanted to do because the funding isn't coming in. Um, it also meets basic needs, right? Uh, food, housing, medical care, transportation, communication, clothes, retirement. Missionaries need to save for retirement too. And we need faithful, zealous senders um, to help with that as well. And it keeps the mission of God moving all throughout the world when you are a zealous sender um, and you give faithfully uh, to a missionary that's, that's called to go. Um, could you imagine if every church and every person only gave money to local missions or local charities? But our call is to go and to send, and it's worldwide. It's not just here, but it's worldwide. So that's just a little glimpse and insight into some of the into some of the sufferings that we feel produced character in us that gave us hope. Um, as, as we think about um, what, it, what it means for us to be missionaries. I just want to share with you just a couple challenges of, of military kids as well, the suffering that, and challenges that they have um, that produces endurance in them, that produces character and gives them hope. Um, one of the things is moving homes. It's tough um, to move. And, and uh, on average, like I said, students move every 18 months uh, with their parents. So that's a new home, a new school, everything new, new friends. Um, and I've moved, before I moved, went overseas, I think I moved to college, and then I moved to uh, a home right before Becky and I got married. And I thought those were really hard, and it was like five minutes away from the house I grew up in. Um, and these students move from state to state, country to country, um, very often. Um, so it can be difficult. Um, making new th- new friends is really tough. Uh, I want to tell you just a couple stories. A uh, picture is going to come up. Um, this girl here, uh, second to the, the right there in the blue shoes, her name's Rachel. And she came to our ministry, and she was super extroverted, like bouncing off walls. I thought she was a cheerleader. Like she was just amazingly animated and boisterous and like love people and a couple months into her being part of our ministry I was like Rachel how's it going how you like in Stuttgart and she's like I am miserable I'm like are you serious I thought she was joking and she's like no this is like the worst assignment that I've had in a long time and I was like why is that and she said I'm so extroverted and I'm so out there I don't have any friends because everyone thinks I already have friends and I thought that was really interesting. And so we asked uh, Leah, who's uh, second on the left there in the purple ho- hoodie. She was part of our student ministry team. We're like, Leah, would you just go and be friends with Rachel? 
And Leah's like, yeah, I can do that. I can, I can go be friends with Rachel. And, and what happened there was just an amazing friendship that started. Um, and what the Spirit did uh, was amazing because God uh, gave them each other uh, to help each other through a really tough time. And through that, Rachel just started to be gangbusters in reaching out um, to really the least of, of, of the students that were at the school. Um, there was a there was a girl named Maddie who who came because she had she was a sophomore in high school who just had a baby, um, and she came to be with her dad who was in the army uh, to kind of help raise this baby. And um, this girl got uprooted, total change of life, and she shows up for high school at the military school uh, on base the very first day. And here's Rachel, because she's been loved on by Leah so well that Rachel's like, Maddie, how's it going? I'm Rachel. I'm going to take you around. I'm going to show you. And it was just a really special moment to see that that progression just keep going. It's really, really awesome. Um, another thing military kids have to do is uh, adapt to different cultures. Um, for those of you who don't know, right now, uh, there's military kids, uh, ages newborn to high school, and e- even some, uh, some graduates stay with their parents, uh, live with them, and do, and do local colleges and different things on the military base. Um, but there's military kids, uh, in Turkey right now, uh, in England, uh, in Japan, in South Korea, in Germany, in Italy, in Belgium. Uh, they are pretty much all over the world, uh, wherever a military family can, can be accompanied, it's called, by their family. Uh, that's where military kids are. So it's tough to be able to adapt to a new culture, to just kind of be taken out from one, put into another, and have, having to figure it out. Um, the other thing, military kids, the, the last thing that I want to share um, is they have to figure out who they are and where they're from. And uh, this is a, a student that was in our ministry. Her name is Abby, and she started going to college in Missouri, and she posted this to her Facebook, and I asked her if I could use it because I thought it was a really good example. So she's at her college, and they have a board up that's like, you know, where are you from? You know, put the pin in, right? And for most of us, we'd be able to do like, boom, right here, sandwich, or Salmonock, or Plano, or maybe somewhere in Chicago you grew up, and you're just like, you know, right where that pin goes. But because Abby moved you know, about six or seven times before she graduated high school, she's like, well, do I put the pin where my grandparents live because that's where we spent our summers? Or do I put it the last place that we lived? Or, uh, you know, the place that we lived at the longest? It's kind of tough to figure out where you're from when you're from everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. Let's take a look at the last uh, passage of Scripture, and then I'll have a few more thoughts for, for us. So chapter 5, Romans, we left off at verse 6. Verse 6 says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Paul makes it pretty clear, if you read throughout the book of Romans, um, 
that there's no one who's good. There's no one who seeks after God. And he kind of takes the stakes even higher with talking about this whole uh, idea of dying for someone else. Um, and he says that, that we're weak, ungodly, and maybe someone would scarcely die for a righteous person or a good person, but the least of these, the weak, the ungodly, why would anyone give anything for them, let alone their lives? But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why do, why do they go? Why do missionaries go? Why do they leave their homes and their families and their friends and their jobs to go to a different culture, learn a different language, minister in a different context, uh, raising their kids away from their support systems, uh, have them grow up in a completely different culture, face threats of disease and death, um, all for the work that God called them to do. Why? Why would they do that? Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. This is why we are missionaries. To be ambassadors of reconciliation like Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We are reconciled and we have received that reconciliation, but it's not just so that we have it. It's so that we can be ambassadors to the least of these. This is the message that we want military kids to hear. That while they were still sinners, Christ died for them to be reconciled, to have a relationship with him. To hear the gospel. The tagline of our mission, um, Caden Student Ministries, is that we share the, our, uh, the gospel and our lives with military students. Now I believe that you are zealous goers and zealous senders. But those who are zealous senders don't just send, right? You have this missions lifestyle, this missional mentality. You give up time and money and talents so that you can be ambassadors right where God has you. God hasn't called everyone to go, but he's called us all to a missional lifestyle of sending and serving. Missions, believe it or not, happens at this church every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, every first and third Tuesday, Fridays throughout the month. Missionaries, prepare, pray up, work hard, share Jesus, serve, bring positive attitudes, use their gifts and abilities to fulfill the mission. But missions also happens uh, when you go or when you send someone. So let's live as people who embrace fully that we live by God's grace and peace. No matter what we suffer, we have hope to be ambassadors of the good news. Let's go. Let's send, let's live missionally right here in Sandwich, Illinois, in the United States, in Germany, in Indonesia, in the Philippines, in South Korea, in Bosnia, Afghanistan, Russia, Brazil, Mexico, South Africa, China, Libya, Iraq, Lithuania, Greece, India, Cameroon, Myanmar, Ukraine, Mozambique, Guyana, every nation, foreign or here at home. Every tribe, from military kid to indigenous peoples, 
every people from the atheist to the Muslim and every tongue must hear the good news because we are zealous goers. We are zealous senders with a missional lifestyle. I asked a student who was impacted by our ministry to share just a quick testimony with you. Um, so if you would hear this and, re- and receive it, um, I love it because it, it, it is the fruit of what, of what God has done um, in us as zealous goers um, and in the lives of our supporters as zealous senders. Um, I see in uh, one of our students that you'll hear from, uh, his name is Kevin Perry. He's a student at Multnomah University uh, right now. And uh, uh, so if you can hit the lights and play this video, and then I uh, just have one more thing to share with you before I close. Hi, my name is Kevin Perry, and I grew up in Stuttgart, Germany as a military kid. Um, I was there for about nine years. Um, That's kind of when I started my walk with Christ as well. Um, I became a Christian when I was in middle school through uh, a cadence uh, youth camp that I went to, Um, but it wasn't really until I was a junior in high school that I uh, really started to understand uh, what it meant to be a disciple of Christ. Um, That was when Nick and Becky, uh, I think my freshman year of high school, was when Nick and Becky came to Germany. Um, And from there on out, uh, I really grew into my faith a lot. Uh, I was a little challenged. and stretched by them. They uh, continue to encourage us, uh, challenge us to grow in our faith. Uh, We're able to offer um, a lot of wisdom and a lot of support to um, what can often be an unstable um, environment. Um, Growing up as a military kid, you move around a ton, you have a lot of unstable uh, situations. You have to make new friends every year because uh, people kept moving. Uh, you'd worry about your parent when they'd deploy. Um, you'd have this fear of uh, not, not seeing them again. Um, and so it really challenges your faith and your understanding of God. Um, and I think Nick and Becky especially, uh, but really our, our youth pastors uh, who came over with Cadence, really play a crucial role in uh, helping us develop our faith and um, helping us hold on to the fact that, that God is uh, sovereign over all situations. Um, while I was there, Nick really challenged me specifically to, uh, to kind of step out of my faith. Um, that was when I started evangelizing more, started sharing the gospel at school, started uh, loving my neighbor really well, um, kind of stepping out. And I think it was because of his guidance, but also because of uh, his, his leadership, um, that I was able to even just get to where I am now. Um, this is my third year at a Bible university to uh, hopefully go onto the mission field after this. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Cadence, uh, but especially Nick and Becky. Um, I think if they weren't there when I was in Germany, I don't think I would be uh, a man of God now. I don't think I'd be seeking after um, God. I think that I would uh, want kind of just what the world wants, you know, secure house, a a secure life, secure job. I'd want to make money. Um, Whereas now I think that uh, my main goal in life is to seek to glorify God in everything I do. Um, And I think a lot of that came because of the love and the encouragement that Nick and Becky offered. Um, So it kind of saddens me that they're back in the States now even because I think that um, a lot of kids are... Uh, 
missing out on opportunity to uh, to grow in their faith or even come to a faith uh, with because they don't have a youth pastor there. Uh, I think that Cadence is doing great work, and I think that it's uh, um, it's often an overlooked role that needs to be filled. Um, as a military kid, you don't have a ton of stability in your life because you're moving around, because you're uh, you're constantly changing. Everything's changing around you, and uh, having a, a youth worker there from Cadence really offers stability. Um, yeah, I think uh, I owe a lot to Nick and Becky and my faith. I think that they've they've really encouraged and challenged me a ton and uh, led to me to where I am now. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think God has a great plan for them, bringing them over with Cadence wherever they go next. I think that God's going to do amazing things through them. Thanks. We have a table with some information in the back, so as you're enjoying uh, chili uh, lunch today, uh, please stop by. Uh, we love giving out uh, these American flag keys, and uh, on the back there's 10 ways that you can pray uh, for military soldiers and their families. Um, so if you want to take one of these, what we ask is that you put it on your keychain, and when you go to unlock your home or go to start your car, um, that you would just say a quick prayer for military families, um, soldiers, and us, and, and missionaries that work uh, with military people. Uh, so you can grab one of those uh, at the back, and in it, there's like a whole packet of info and a prayer card, um, although Ethan's not on there yet, so uh, we'll give you some updated ones uh, when we get those made. Um, so please feel free to, to grab those. We want to share those with you, and we want you to join in um, on the mission that God has called us to. So um, I'm going to pray for us as we close. So if the, if the worship team wants to come up and uh, if you if you feel that uh, you are, are are ready to be that zealous goer or zealous sender um, or if there's something that God's laid on your heart from Romans chapter five or you're just outpouring with thankfulness for for what he's done for us. Uh, the prayer team is going to be up here. Um, and so you can come up and, and pray with some uh, one of the prayer team members and uh and just be ministered to in that way. So uh, let me close in a word of prayer, and then we'll uh, uh, sing one last song. Lord Jesus, I'm grateful for Romans 5 and for, um, for the ability to be um, someone that wants to go. And I'm thankful for churches uh, like Cornerstone, and I'm thankful for Cornerstone Church that want to be zealous senders and want to live a missional lifestyle right here. Um, God, as we're uh, close up uh, missions month here, we lift up uh, the missionaries of this, of this church, the missionaries serving um, all throughout the world. Uh, we pray that you would give them um, refreshment, that you would fill them, Holy Spirit, that you would give them amazing opportunities to, to share the gospel, for people to come to know you, and pray for those that are, are struggling with learning languages and adapting to different cultures and uh, being uh, having that rapport built in, in wherever they're ministering to. Sometimes it takes a long time to just to even be recognized um, by a people group that you're trying to minister to. So we pray, um, Lord Jesus, and we're trusting Holy Spirit that that would be um, just a fast process uh, for the missionaries that are struggling with that. That you would bring 
um, us and, and the people who support them um, as encouragers, um, as zealous senders um, to help encourage them and, and give them the support that they need. God, we're thankful that, uh, that we can have this month to focus on missions, to focus on uh, spreading the gospel, to focus on increasing worship here um, all over the globe uh, because we share words of truth and life that we've been reconciled, that we're no longer uh, found in, in uh, this category of weak and ungodly and um, unrepentant or unsaved. Um, but God, that we can, because we've been saved as, as one of the least of these, that we can go or we can send and continue to save, and continue to preach good news, and continue to serve and to heal those who might have less than us, those who might not have the truth. So Jesus, help us to be zealous goers and zealous senders as we consider and seek what you have for us. And we thank you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, amen. Yeah.